Hello and welcome to Beyond the Wicket, a podcast where we explore the fascinating history and folklore of this beautiful game called cricket. In each episode, I will take you on a journey through the history of India told through the lens of cricket. Cricket is more than just a sport in India. How many times have you heard this before? Cricket can bring an entire country with a population of 1.4 billion to a standstill. Cricket has produced some unforgettable moments that will be etched in our memories forever. I'm sure you remember watching the World Cup final in 2011 as MS Dhoni hit that iconic six over long gone or a battered and bruised Indian side conquering the fortress of Kaba or more recently when Virat Kohli's heroics pulled off an impossible win against Pakistan at the T20 World Cup. In the past few decades the Indian cricket team has achieved great heights by winning world cups in different formats achieving the best team and in individual rankings and producing the biggest stars the world cricket has ever seen from struggling to win an overseas test match to becoming a cricketing superpower Indian cricket has come a long way but have you ever wondered how it all started well in this episode we will discuss the first cricketers in India the humble beginnings and how they went on to beat the british in their own game the game of cricket was brought to india in the 18th century by british soldiers and sailors they played the game among themselves and the early matches were between different regiments or different suburbs of the colonial towns the first indians to embrace cricket were the parsis of bombay They were a well-educated, prosperous and westernized community with origins and cultures somewhat at odds with their surroundings. In the 1830s Bombay, it was not a rare sight to find young Parsi boys playing in the maidans with umbrellas for bats. They were short of equipment but certainly not short on spirit. Even though it started off amateurish, eventually the quality of cricket grew with time. The story of the Parsi cricketers goes back to 1848 when they formed the Oriental Cricket Club and it wasn't long before they got good enough to get taken seriously by the British. The real growth however started in 1877 when the Bombay Gymkhana accepted the challenge from the Parsis for a two-day match. And to everyone's surprise the Parsis pulled off a great upset. by defeating the Bombay Gymkhana on the basis of a first innings lead of 47 runs the game was played in good spirits like a friendly but it was very well received and the match was repeated the next year this was historical in the sense that it led to the proposal of parsis to tour england to play cricket something quite unheard of at the time especially for indians The match was expected to become an annual event but in quite an anticlimactic manner it didn't the matches were put on hold from 1879 to 1883 due to a dispute over the playing ground you see the bombay gymkhana did not maintain a level playing field quite literally they started using the now famous azad maidan as a polo field the same ground which was used by all communities for cricket As a result it was rendered useless for cricket because of the large holes in the ground left by the horses. They quite conveniently excluded their European only cricket ground to keep it safe. But the Parsis and Hindus had nowhere to go. So they had to knock on the court's door. It took 5 years but the dispute was finally settled in their favor. 
In 1884, the matches between the Bombay Gymkhana and the Parsis finally resumed. Meanwhile, a British officer umpiring in a Parsi match called one of their ace bowlers for chucking. Now, chucking in cricket refers to an illegal bowling action. This occurs when a bowler straightens their bowling arm when delivering the ball. That was a serious allegation and one that could lead to the bowler being disqualified from bowling in the match from that point forward. It did not go down well with the Parsis. They were furious and went to the Bombay Gymkhana and demanded for a Parsi umpire for the 1885 annual match. This was something which was not even entertained by the Gymkhana and they simply refused to do so. You see, these were the pre-neutral umpire times when all the matches were officiated by a British umpire. The Parsis wouldn't get bogged down with this. They had their sights set on something much bigger. Later that year, they invited an Englishman, Robert Henderson, to India. Henderson was just 20 years old but had already played first-class cricket for Surrey. In May 1886, the Parsis were all set to embark on their first tour to England with Henderson acting as their coach. During a team dinner before they left, eminent lawyer Firosha Mehta gave the Parsis a speech, one that reflected Indian attitude towards the British and cricket of that era. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, just like artists go to Italy to pay homage to the great masters and pilgrims go to Jerusalem to visit a shrine, now the Parsis are going to England to pay homage to the cricketers to learn more about the sport in the very country where it all started. After a three-week sea voyage, the Parsis reached the English shores. The tour did not pan out too well for the Parsis as they returned home with only a solitary win out of 28 matches. Only those who were able to fund their trip independently made the journey, while some of their best cricketers remained behind. The press was critical of the side's performance, while a few commended their bravery. They had no experience playing the game outside of Indian conditions, let alone in cold and rainy England. These were harsh learning experiences about the difficulties of playing cricket in a foreign country, but it served Indian cricket well for years to come. By the time the next Parsi team toured England in 1888, the Parsi Gymkhana had been opened. Unlike the 1886 tour, where the players had to pay for their own expenses, this time the Gymkhana paid for the tour. The team was undoubtedly a stronger one as they could afford to pick the better players and the win tally reflected the same. They went on to win 8 matches, drew 12 and lost 11, one of them by one wicket and another by just 9 runs. This time, the press could not help but praise the performances of the touring side. Word about the Parsis reached the legendary W.G. Grace, who praised their never-say-die spirit but remained somewhat dubious about their cricketing skills. In 1889, G.F. Vernon brought his team of English cricketers to India. They were the first ever foreign cricket team to tour an Asian country. They were scheduled to play the best teams around the country and the Parsis were the final frontier. It was easily the biggest fixture of the tour and the match was promoted as the Cricket Championship of India. This time, the Parsis playing at home proved their worth. Despite conceding a first innings lead, they came back hard. 
the English were bowled out for just 61 in a 77 run chase in the fourth innings, giving the Parsis a fantastic victory. The Parsis came out on top against an English team who were undefeated in their tour. The side drew two matches and won 10 of them, but finally lost to the Parsis. This time, even W.G. Grays had to concede that it was a remarkable victory. The Parsis had stamped their authority in an incredible manner and thus began the Bombay presidency matches. The contest was not a new fixture though. The Parsis had been playing both Bombay and Pune Gymkhana for a long time, but their success against Vernon's English side changed everything. The two British Gymkhanas in Bombay and Pune felt they couldn't fight the Parsis on equal terms. So they came up with the idea to form a combined team called Europeans to take on the Parsis in what would be called the Bombay Presidency Cup, the first in a long and illustrious series. The two teams were to meet twice, once at Bombay and once at Pune Gymkhana. These matches were also given first-class status, therefore becoming the first ever first-class match to be played on Indian soil. The first presidency match was played in Bombay in the year 1892. The Europeans batting first posted a total of 104. The Parsis were going strong, trailing by 50 runs with 6 wickets in hand. But the next morning, the teams woke up to heavy rainfall. From praying to the monsoon gods to calling the fire brigade to help with the waterlogged ground, every possible step was taken. Unfortunately, the incessant Bombay rain washed out the rest of the match and it ended in a draw. Even though the match was washed out, no spirits were dampened. Both teams then moved to Pune to play the other match of the contest. In the second leg of the cup, the Europeans were going steady with 84 for 4. But the Parsi captain, Emi Pavri, rose to the occasion and took three wickets in quick succession. Soon, the Europeans were bowled out for a total of 108. Although it may not seem like a big total in the 21st century, it was quite a significant one when compared to the range of scores in India at the time. The Parsis fought hard, but ended up getting bowled out for 101, trailing by mere 7 runs. The contest was far from over. The Pune crowd were in for a fierce battle. In the next innings, the Parsi duo of Papasola and Raita were the wreckers in chief. Papasola, a left arm medium pacer, and Raita, a right arm off spinner, broke the backbone of the European batting order, taking seven wickets between them. The Europeans were ultimately bowled out for 79, setting the Parsis a target of 87 runs. The game was on. 87 may not seem like a challenging total today, but in a crunch match, given the conditions, it was still anyone's game. The skipper, Pavri, promoted himself up the order to open the innings with MD Kanga. They kept losing wickets from one end, but the captain stood his ground. He played a crucial knock of 34 to give his team a solid foundation. When the Parsis seemed to be cruising, on came the deadly duo of Steele and Rikers and reduced the Parsis to 65 for 6. The match seemed to be slipping away from the Parsis. They needed another 22 runs when D.E. Modi joined Dinsho Kanga on the crease. They were the last recognized batting pair and everything depended on their partnership. 
the Europeans kept pulling tight and runs were hard to come by. But they somehow managed to get to 71. They just needed 8 more runs when there was another twist in the tail. Raikis trapped Kanga leg before. The Europeans were celebrating, but there was silence in the crowd. Kanga was out for 18, but on a difficult pitch, facing a tough bowling attack, those 18 runs were worth in gold. But now he's walking back. It was just tailenders waiting in the pavilion. And I'm sure even they hoped they didn't have to come out and face the menacing steel and Rikers. But on came Ari Modi with hope and courage to join D.E. Modi at the crease. The two batsmen weren't related, but they stood together like brothers in arms. The European onslaught continued, but somehow the Modis managed to weather the storm and held on. On the last ball of the 41st over, in a nail-biting finish, D.E. Modi hit the winning runs as waves of applause erupted in the stands. The two men walked back giving the Parsis a historic win and although unknowingly, changed the way Indians looked at cricket forever. This victory wasn't just historic because of the win against their British rulers. This victory started a long, long series of cricket tournaments that would serve Indian cricket well for generations to come. If you are curious about what happens next, tune into the next episode where we discuss how the Bombay Presidency turned into a Bombay Triangular, Quadrangular and then the Bombay Pentangular. A colonial IPL if you would like. So that brings us to an end of this episode. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Wicked. I am Dipanjan Paul. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help and support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and leave us a rating. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at IamDepanjan. And if you have any requests or questions about the podcast, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Beyond the Wicket and on Instagram at Beyond the Wicket Pod. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Wicket. I'll see you next time.